Top of the day to you, Rumblers. Welcome to this week's episode of the highly decorated and still podcast world heavyweight champion, the Rumble Pack, with Luke and Bilbo. That is I. That is me. After last week's entertaining and, of course, enlightening free-for-all, where we went a bit off course to rumble about what's on our gaming minds at the moment, we're keen to reset and refocus our gaze upon one game in particular. And, be still our beating hearts, that game is Ori and the Blind Forest. Released in 2015 by developer Moon Studios and published by Microsoft Studios, Ori and the Blind Forest is a truly beautiful, spectacular, emotional, uplifting, hopeful, and incredibly endearing masterpiece of a platformer that elicits care and emotion in a way most studios could only dream of replicating. Mm -hmm. This simple platformer and its cute and cuddly characters crept their way into both of our hearts early in 2020 with its rich world and spectacular soundtrack, and we're here to tell you why. William, let's get ready to rumble. It's good to be back, Willie. It is great to be back, Loki. It's been a little week since we've been here. It feels like so much longer, though. No, it has not been a week. Oh, in terms of in terms of uh, the uploads, it's been a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been maybe three weeks since we did this. I reckon. It has. I think because we went away for a couple of weeks interstate. Yeah. Uh, for a wedding, so we were yeah we were gone. Yeah, so they will be listening. So Tom and Taylor, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. It was a great wedding, wasn't it? It was awesome. Mm. There's some great uh, photo booth shots that we'll be putting on our social media, no no doubt, of oh, the two yeah. of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'll, that'll let everyone get to know the true way of Luke. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> for far worse <laughs> than we already do. Yeah. Um, so today's episode about Ori and the Blind Forest yep. is accompanied by Baron Samedi, Black Spiced Rum. Yummy. Which, of course, we're on the black. We're clearly on a bit of a black spiced rum. I know. One rum. day we'll have rum that's not spiced. Mm. Mm. We're going to try to get to some real jet fuel at one point. You know, really. You know, maybe a twenty dollar bottle, because we've got it. We want to try the full spectrum. We don't want to just stick to our usual classy habits. Yeah, of course. Bundaberg even. Bundaberg. Bundaberg. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we cheers and have a sip? Absolutely. So here's to. New episode. I don't even know if we're going to be able to reach each other. Reach. Ah! Cheers, Will. Cheers. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I've never had this before. Oh, I know. Okay, I thought you had. No, never. That's really nice. I saw it plenty of times in my my job as a a bottle shop manager back in the day, but... I always wanted it, never had it. Yeah, okay. I had never really even heard of it until uh, the other day. Mm. And funnily enough, you said it to me the other day. You got that flask. And someone the ne- very next day told me that they'd had a bottle of it on the weekend. Mm. I was like, is this is this a new thing? Yeah, clearly not. It's the rum vortex. It's catching on. Yeah. Anyway, we're here to talk about a game. We are. So, Ori <laughs> in the Blind Forest. Um, so, it did originally come out in 2015. Brought to us by Moon Studios, which is an indie company, but I think owned by Microsoft. Is that correct? Because it's because it is an Xbox exclusive. Well, I think they are being partly funded 
mm. by Microsoft. Yeah. But as it stands now, I'm pretty sure Moon Studios are completely independent, but Microsoft own Ori. Yes, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm fine. So whether or not there's another game, it might not necessarily be by Moon Studios. Yeah. But it damn well better be. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, even though it came out in 2015, I didn't play it till last year. I think you didn't play it till maybe end of 2019? Uh, yeah, around then. Because World of the Wisps come out last year in March, I think. Mm. Yeah, so I played it leading up to that. Yeah. Thank God we played it. Yeah, I know. Well, 2020 didn't give me much. It didn't give any of us much, but it gave us. It gave us Ori. The absolute joy that is Ori. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, like I, I think you might have played it just at the back end of 2019. Yeah. But still, leading into 2020. Oh, it all counts. We were on the hype for it. It we all counts. We got to the second game, Will of the Wisps. 2020 we'll might even later. be the last five years for all we know. Well, it feels like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still refer to last year being 2019 because I forget that something actually yeah, happened last exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah, your stupid football team definitely didn't win the premiership last year, I'll tell you that. Yeah, not against... Unfortunately, they won the year before, so that doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, just for a bit of background, how about you just read through that, uh, the blurb from the back cover for the listeners. Yes, I've got the blurb in my hands from the definitive edition of the game that was released a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. After a powerful storm sets a series of devastating events in motion, Ori must journey to find courage and confront a dark nemesis to save the forest of Nebil. Nibel? Nibel. Nibel. Ori and the Blind Forest tells the tale of a young orphan destined for heroics through a visually stunning action platformer crafted by Moon Studios. Featuring hand-painted artwork, meticulously animated character performance, and fully orchestrated score, a fully orchestrated score and dozens of new features in the definitive edition, Ori and the Blind Forest explores a deeply emotional story about love and sacrifice and the hope that exists in all of us. Isn't that was some big words in there. Isn't that isn't <laughs> that true though? Like that's perfectly reflective of the game. Because a lot of the times we get, you know, we'll get blurbs that might gloss over the sort of the general you know, oh Batman, you know, like the Batman Arkham Asylum. Batman goes to try to stop Joker. And everyone sort of is aware of those two, but because they're not aware of Ori, to actually put in there about the hope and all that sort of thing that the game actually has and the original um uh, soundtrack, which is all orca- orchestra, orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty uh, damn amazing. And that, yeah. that actually captures it perfectly it based does. on how I felt about the game. It p- does. captures it perfectly. Yeah. Mm. So we've got a... There's not a heap of characters to talk about in this game as such. Like there's... No, there's, there's probably five, five of them maybe. And they're all... They're all we've, important. We've got a lot to say about them. Yeah. Um, but just to... At the very the very opening of the game is where naturally it would be really good to start, but not just talking about a specific character because it pretty much I remember. Um, and by the way, guys, there's spoilers ahead. We're oh, gonna yeah. we're gonna start. We should start this- saying that major spoilers ahead <laughs> for every episode for the rest of the Rumble Pack. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll say it more explicitly at the start of each episode from now. Yep, <laughs> because we realise we might be doing a few of you disservice. In promoting the oh, game, yeah. but also spoiling a few things. So. Yeah, there's a few people that said to me that they'd never played any Resident Evil game, but they listened to the whole first episode and they heard the ending. And I was like, thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All we can do is say sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the very start of the game, which is, uh, it's probably about a 20 minute, almost interactive cutscene, isn't it? Or maybe 10 minutes even. Uh, yeah, probably five to 10 minutes. 
Yeah, so yeah, we're in this... You play a little bit of it. Yeah, you do. Mm. So we're in this um, fictional land of Nibel, which is just basically a big forest. Yep. Um, there's this massive spirit tree. If you think of Yggdrasil or the world tree from Norse mythology, some people might have seen it. Yeah. Um, God of War fans would have would be familiar with it. Yep. Um, it's similar to that where it's up. It's right in the middle of the land um, and it's basically the source of all life in the forest with a big light. I think it's the spirit sitting in it uh yeah and it and it keeps the whole forest going so yep. um the i guess things well, called the spirit tree it is the spirit tree yeah. yeah but things kick off um where this massive um well the the very beginning N- naru who uh finds ori in the forest mm. like basically on on his lonesome yeah yeah but but i'm but the big um, what's the big bird's name again? Ku uh, K- Kuro Kuro Kuro. So Kuro is like a massive owl, monstrous owl, and it yeah. comes and attacks the spirit tree, which causes the light to fragment in the spirit tree, and part of that light is Ori. Uh yeah. Who lands in part mm. of the forest, and then an Ori's a um called a spirit, uh, spirit guardian, um so basically a part of the actual life of the forest. Betsy, but Ori's a little cute little rabbit looking sort of half fawn like has goat legs yeah but like rabbit ears and yeah. things like that so yeah. um quite so, an interesting design really mm, really cute yeah pure yeah. white yeah there's big white. like long ears yeah um mm. so ori's at the st- um ori um is sort of lost and basically like a newborn baby almost from this yep. light yeah um and this uh naru who's a big bear like character um comes and finds ori and uh Basically, the first, the opening sequence um, is about Naru finding Ori, showing Ori how to live. And Ori's um, n- neither a boy or a girl, just an, an it. Yeah. It's just yeah. an, she's, it's an it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess it's sort of a very bittersweet opening. But well, yeah, it's basically like there's a bit of a montage where they build up their home together. You mm. see them crafting bridges and swings and and all these things uh and it very quickly tumbles comes down on you yeah because the yeah. life because the spirit trees died all the life gradually dies well this, the life in the in this forest yeah so the spirit tree uh calls out to ori during mm. the opening cutscenes, but because ori's you know essentially like a newborn and naru doesn't understand they don't really know, they don't really get it, and they they hide from it instead of going towards it. Mm. And because of that, uh, because of that, the land of Nibel sort of just gets drained of all their life, mm. all, of, all of its life over time. Mm. Um, but it's not anyone's fault because they don't really, they don't understand. Mm. Um, they just think everything's going wrong. Yeah. 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 So this opening sequence is narrated by the spirit tree. In a, um, uh, not in a, any sort of language. It's basically a, a dialect of big, oh, yeah, basically <laughs> big grunts. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to read through the script that um, pretty much the commentary that the, the spirit tree gives through um, big impactful, you know, center of screen subtitles that sort of flow in and out of screen as you progress as Ori with Naru. And you're going to read it as the spirit tree? No. <laughs> yeah, with subtitles. Just turn your subtitles on your Spotify and you're fine. Um, okay, so uh, so Spirit Tree says, 
We shall always remember the night when I lost Ori to the great storm. When Naru embraced my light as a child of her own. On that fateful night, when I lit the skies ablaze, I called out to Ori. Yet hope never came. Through the passage of time, life withered and decayed. When the forest was blind, still hope showed its face. An orphan once more, with no reason to stay, searching for my light, so weak and so frail. When cries met with silence and hope went astray, when my child's strength faltered and the last breath was drawn, my light restored Ori, a new age was dawned. So that's, and that sort of plays out across the entire opening sequence. So in that, it sort of captures how Naru um, welcomed Ori, mm-hmm. you know, the spirit tree's light. Um, and then also obviously how the life with it and decayed. And then once, um, sadly, um, Naru, <laughs> Naru uh, dies yep. whilst Ori's out collecting fruit. Well, well, Naru offers Ori the last bit of food they have because mm. she's starving. Uh, and then Ori searches for some more food to help her. Uh, and Ori grabs a bunch of fruit or, or whatever and brings it back to the to their home. And, uh, and Naru's just uh, passed away, basically, Lifeless, just yeah. limp. Yeah. And Ori tries to push Naru and pick up pick up her arm, and it's all just yeah awful. Yeah, it is it's awful. It is awful. Um. So yeah, that sort of captures how yeah, the decay of the land, um, how Ori becomes an orphan again, and then as Ori leaves the home to try to find life, uh, Ori also uh, dies, crawls to a stop, and then uh, eventually no, but then eventually a light, um, which his name is uh, Sign, 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 comes and revives yeah. Ori. Yeah, but it's 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 such a it's the most heartwarming. And heartbreaking intro oh. of a game I've ever played. Like I, I, I was, I had tears. Like I didn't, yeah, I had tears, and I was. Oh, just watching it uh, this morning, mm. and like I already knew what, what happened, and it just it pulled on my heartstrings so bad. It's a, it's actually like a storytelling masterpiece. Mm. Genuinely, yeah. it's just that 10, 10 minutes. It's yeah. incredible with no dialogue. Like the how can you feel so connected, and and feel so much for characters you just met within five minutes? Mm. It's it's crazy. For anyone that yeah hasn't played it, is not really planning to play it. We implore you to just watch the opening scene from the game, mm. just on YouTube, just five ten minutes of your time. Yeah, because it's uh, it's just impeccable. Yeah, and in mm. terms of the actual um, overall story, that's probably the actual first fifteen minutes is the only part of the game I would be. Oh, I, I suppose because it's the start, it's not really even big of a spoiler. The rest of the game, there's not much in terms of story that will happen. Where you go, oh my god, you know, don't talk about that bit for someone who's going to play it because it's the entire experience of the game. Yeah, that is the the thing. Yeah, is the for selling sure. point. Um, yeah, there's only really like three big events throughout the rest of the game, mm. whereas the majority of your time for the next ten hours is just spent platforming mm. and doing different puzzles and um, combat. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's not as as much as the start of the game is very story heavy. The whole game itself doesn't seem to be that way. Mm. It has its pockets of story, which are really, uh, uh, really important. Yeah. But there's lots of parts in the middle where you're just flinging around, having fun. Yeah, exactly. And I think mm. if if we want any if we want anyone to take something from this episode, it's not, um, it's not anything sort of spoilerific or thinking. Now that I've heard about the game, I don't need to play it because you absolutely do. This is one of those games. That until you play it, you have no idea how much feeling you'll get from it. Well, yeah, 
I mean, it's <laughs> you, we, we wouldn't say it. I don't think we would say this very often, but if there's any episode where you should stop listening and go and play the game, mm. it's probably this one. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we, we, we want to, we would be full time marketers for this game if we could. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> we would. We would without love a doubt. To, we'd love, I'd love to sell this game series. Oh. Um, so, so just in that opening, so playing as Naru, um, who's a big Care Bear like character, as she nurtures um, Ori back to strength, it really touches your heart. Yep. Um, and as soon as you run to, as soon as you ran to Naru as Ori, and Naru picked you up and threw you onto her shoulders, and together she and Ori built a bridge to collect the fruit um, across this other side of the river, I melted. <laughs> and I was just, and that's the point where I was. I just knew that regardless of how this game played out, even gameplay wise, I was just loved it. Yeah, it's a, it's got such an added flair with the music as well, like the orchestral soundtrack throughout the game just adds the finishing touch to every single moment. Oh. Yeah, and the music in that very first scene is just so uplifting, and then it just drags you down. Yeah, as well. But yeah, those scenes you're just talking about are yeah, they really get you going. Mm. <laughs> um, and then yeah, once the, and then once the light dwindled further and the life faded from the land, and Naru scoured it desperately to find food for Ori, um, falling from trees in the process, um, the hope from the hope that the spirit tree was looking for in Naru and Ori carry you know reviving the land really sapped for me as well. It yeah. really hurt because <laughs> I just. <laughs> I we'd spent five minutes in this in this game, and I already wanted every the best for absolutely everything I'd already seen. You're an, you're clearly a very emotional man, or you were at the time you played this game. Wait till we talk about number two. Oh, geez. that got me at my what would technically be my most vulnerable, <laughs> and that, I latched onto that like I wouldn't believe. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then but yeah, hopes uh, hope returned. Um. And Ori fetched some food to give. To Naru, as we discussed. Um, but um, with all these sort of ghostly images, like memories of the two playing together. Yeah. Um, you you know, knew something was coming. You knew something was coming. It, it was like, look at how happy they are together. The, like, wind, the wind was up. You were moving slowly. And yeah, you see those memories. And <sighs> it's like, well, that's the perfect setup for disaster, isn't it? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then it is a complete disaster. Ori returns to find mm. Naru's lifeless body. Yeah. Um, and it really set the tone for the rest of the game in terms of how badly I wanted uh, to return to Naru and re- yep. return the care uh, for her. As in, in this opening sequence where you're collecting a fruit, I was just like, okay, I really want to, I re- actually really want to help Naru because she's helped Ori so much. Yeah. But, um, so for the rest of the game, the whole thing is about, I really want to care for this forest. I want to get it. I want to return it to good health. <laughs> Yeah. So that first 20 minutes, I just think, captures exactly how you're going to feel for the rest of the game. Not the sadness part necessarily, but in terms of how you connect so quickly with so so much. Yeah. Or at least how I did. I think um, I think just past the very start of the game, you say, like, I really wanted to return to Nara and, and repay the favours, you know. There's one quote that I wrote uh, from the Spirit Tree, and this is what the Spirit Tree says. It's basically just... You know, there's that point in the game where you finally get to right in front of it. Mm-hmm. And there's like a waypoint there. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yep. The spirit tree says, Somber they found me dormant and still. We told Ori of the tale of her misguided will. And I think 
the reason you f- you feel like you want to help the whole forest, not just for the fact that it's it's their home, but because you have a you have a sort of duty for the fact that you your the will that you had to help Nauru was potentially misplaced uh, compared to the bigger picture, because the bigger picture was that the whole land of Nabel was falling, but mm. you couldn't see it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She just yeah she chose to stay with Nauru and save her, but but she didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's just say she for Ori, hey? We can say she. I, <laughs> yeah. I feel. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I think that's a, a really good quote in the game as to uh, Ori's uh, will to save Nibel from that point. Yeah. Mm. And ours. Uh, yeah. And the player. Yeah. yeah we just. Um, yeah. Just the level of connection I felt so quickly for Ori because she seemed so naive and just so young and fresh in life. Hmm. You're just like, oh, she's so innocent. Literally, literally, just purest, purest of white, which is probably d- deliberate to elicit that sort of response. Yeah, where you think, all right, this is just such a, yeah, pure innocent little thing. Mm. Cute. I want to look <laughs> after it. Um, and yeah, just sort of that's sort of kicks out, kicks off your feeling for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um. So, talk. Moving on to Ori. Yeah. Moving on to Ori. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to Ori. And also her companion Firefly scene, but we'll talk about Ori first. Yep. Um, so Ori's a, so Ori's a guardian spirit of the spirit tree, um, which is the source of all life in the land of Nibel. Uh, Ori's a darn adorable little thing, as we've said. Oh, ex- extremely adorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And who pretty much embodies courage and vulnerability, and vulnerability perfectly in its uh, pure white and glowing appearance. Yeah. Like so cute. I don't Can't I, stress how cute. I would like for you to get an amoeba of Ori. <laughs> an amoeba. Yeah. <laughs> an amoeba. Yeah. I, I, I uh I can't think off the top of my head of a character in a game that is cuter. No. Just off the top of my head. I'll just yeah, I can't think of one anyway. I can't either. No. Hmm. Um Such a vulnerable little thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, the the whimpers well the the, the whimpers that Ori makes when um when she gets hurt yeah really hurts <laughs> oh yeah well fear. because that stems from the uh i think that stems from when ori finds naru because mm. i think there's a little bit of sound coming from ori in that moment i could be wrong but uh i think <laughs> because you see ori go through something so terrible which is essentially losing uh, a parent uh yeah, you don't want it. You don't want to take any hits from any enemy in the game. <laughs> no, not at all. Because <laughs> it just feels awful. Because you feel a, responsible. You do. Well, it's like yeah. a. It's like a. Um, it's, it's like a, a bit of a yelp, but it's like yeah. a oh, but like so shrill and high pitched, like the. It's literally the noise, the cutest little thing you could imagine would make. Yeah, hurt. Oh, yeah. Hurting a little puppy. <laughs> Seriously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Ori's got uh, fawn-like hind legs or goat-like hind legs. But it sort of gives, uh, I think, gives her a bit real mythological, mythological look. <laughs> That's the right word. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it sort of really gets. I think it lets you understand that she's a really special creature, like one of a kind. Well, it's confusing whether Ori's body is even uh, solid, substantial. Yeah, solid because because uh, sign sin mm. uh, is like attacks use use that spirit to attack in the game the light yeah yeah like Ori doesn't actually attack itself mm. 
Uh, so it's hard to know whether it's literally a body of light yeah, or it has a physical form or not. Mm. It's really hard to know. Yeah. No, you're right. It is. Um, but it doesn't matter because it's so adorable. Oh, so cute. Like I've never thought of that until this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you sort of, I think, you, yeah. So talking about, um, we'll call, we'll call it sign. Yeah. Sign. Sign. So, S- so we don't keep going back and forth. <laughs> S-E-I-N. Um, so sign is the, is the little bit, the remnant of the light, the uh, spirit tree. And we'll talk about sign in a minute. Yeah. In more in depth. Um, but sign is the, pretty much the, um, the weapon. The yeah. guiding light and the weapon for Ori. Yeah. So if you press, so you press X, uh, sign sends out a, a shard of light to attack. Almost think of it like a shooting an arrow. Yeah. For example, at an enemy. Yeah. So Ori doesn't actually physically hit uh, no. or anything. Um, so, um, so that's basically. I think sign is as much of a guide through Nebel as as she is as a weapon. Yeah. Because um, he's. Essentially, like the last remnant of what the spirit tree was. Sign's the wisdom of the with the spirit tree, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, sign is what is sign is what the, the gives the tree light. Yeah. So, um, I think their their minds are together, like crossed in some way. Yeah, and they would be. Mm. That's sort of yeah. And thinking of that, it's sort of um, strange to think they're not somehow more connected or know each other. Because Ori's Ori's. Oh, because Ori, yeah, almost. So, so uh, sign comes along and has to say to Ori, as you go through the game, basically narrates uh, the story of different parts of the land. Yeah, as you go, because Ori has no awareness, and yeah. Ori's completely mute, by the way, except for the the sad whimpers, except for the yelps, except for the yelps mm. of pain. <laughs> yeah, yelps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Who else? You got Gumo, Gummo, Gumo. Yeah, yeah, Gumo. Yeah, well, but. Well, yeah, we've got a few characters. And we'll we'll touch on them later after we've spoken about Ori and Scene. Yeah. Sign. Yeah. Sign a bit. Um, but so still on Ori, though, I think the... So Ori's growth throughout the game um, from a reliant and scared little child to being uh, determined, strong, unassuming, and above all, caring character is probably the most beautiful part of the game. Yeah, I think, I think Ori's main characteristic that I took away is how selfless she is. Mm. like the just acts for others yeah there's two like the, the act at the beginning of bringing the fruit to naru is the first but the, she also saves gumo at one point from a massive rock slide mm. uh, doesn't have to do that like just ready to care for the whole land yeah and i think that also comes back to um when ori hears the story of what happened and that she uh, could have been there in the time so she's like definitely ready to help wherever she can. Mm. Yeah. Um, and you see, yeah, th- even through this mute, because I think because Ori is almost like a clean slate of life mm. and you know that um, she's you know, affectionate and caring and everything by her interaction with Naru. Uh, Naru, yeah. You, you know that everyone is, um, I think even though all the events that happen throughout the game, like you're saving things or you're replenishing... Um, what what is it you're trying to get the elements? Um, ele- there's like the element of wind. Yeah, yeah, wind, water. warmth, and water. Yeah. So yeah. as you go to these different parts of land to find these elements, because it's part of restoring the spirit tree. Yeah. Basically, your so for example, there's the 
the Ginsai. The Ginzo tree. Ginzo tree. Yep. Which is basically a gigantic tree. Uh, think think spirit tree in Yggdrasil again. World oh, tree. yeah, huge. huge. But it's got a big waterfall up it. So you can see yep. it on the, on the map at the start of the game or when you're fast traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the Ginzo tree in the background there. And at the start, it's just lifeless. But once you go there and Ori um, basically finds that element and fixes any of the the goobers that are blocking the tree up, all of a sudden it's like a massive um, spring. Like it's got a waterfall coming from the tree. Yeah. And I know that because Ori is so innocent, you, even though she doesn't talk or even really act much, you just know that she's learning from every single thing you do. Yeah. Um. And taking it all in about how important it is to the land, and and you sort of you can watch you even though the, you see nothing physical or really emotional besides the ear movement um, of her growth, you just know that she's learning. Yeah, you can even see Ori uh, sort of be very attentive to to things uh, in specific moments when there's talking going on. Hmm. Uh, I don't really know how to explain it, but like if say if there's like some sort of guardian, or or when she finds one of the three elements. Um, and they're doing something. You, you don't really notice because you're looking directly at what's happening in the middle of the screen, but already in the bottom of the screen is almost half sitting, is moving a bit, like looking, trying to actually figure out what the hell's going on. Mm. So what you just said, so, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, and was there a part of the game where you actually didn't want to hug Ori? Whether it was, <laughs> whether it was uh, wanting to be protective or that you're proud? Because I didn't, I wanted to hug Ori the whole the whole damn time. Oh, of course, for different reasons. The whole of course, time. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that comes back to whether Ori has a physical body or not. Maybe we just need a little Ori in all of us. I reckon you just cracked the meaning of the game. <laughs> yeah, a bit of spirit, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! End it there. We've- <laughs> we don't need to talk about anything else. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so talking about scene, uh, sign, damn it. <laughs> well, as far as mm. sign goes, you said before that signs acts as the weapon for Ori, but I don't really look at it that way. Like I know when you play, you're pressing the button to make sign attack for you. But I think rather than saying that sign is a weapon, I'd say sign is more of a protector of Ori. Yeah. Because realistically, if you think about it from Ori's perspective... Ori is running through the world and Sign is going around belting the crap out of all the enemies. So, yep. Like, Ori's not doing it. Yeah. Uh, and I think because... Oh, you're right. Yeah. And because Just because we're doing it doesn't mean Ori's doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beca- because Sign is the remnant of the spiritry, I think they know that they need to protect Ori to save the land, like the spiritry and Sign together. So, mm. uh, because, yeah, that that's... Yeah. I think more of a protector role is her main purpose. You're right. Protectors so, are... Protector's a good way to put it because it yeah. sort of encompasses the entire mission, basically. Yeah, because, yeah. like, again, Ori is uh, basically a little newborn animal or whatever. Mm. Like, doesn't really know know what she's doing. And the only reason she knows about anything is because Sign explains it. Yeah. Or Spiritry expl- is explaining it, you know. So, uh, it's really just really a guide and a protector. Yeah, and guide for us, too. Similar to, yeah, um, yeah so because signs like most companion uh, spirits slash firefly sort of buddies, um, 
So, yeah, and so she's basically, we'll go with she. Yeah, yeah. Science team's she. Yeah. Um, acts as a sentient guide for Ori. Um, similar to Sparks in in Spyro or uh, what's it, the one in, what, walks around with Link in Ocarina uh, of Time. Navi. Navi. Navi, yeah. Similar to, very similar. But yeah. A bit less passive though. Yeah. Um, well, funnily enough, Navi's also from a tree. The great Deku tree. There you go. I think. See, trees. Yeah. To be fair, I think all of this sort of, um, any sort of myth. Yeah, trees. <laughs> any sort of myth or um, almost medieval themed fantasy game, they tend to be set from, um, derived a lot from Norse mythology anyway. That sort of edginess, you know, dwarves, elves, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. it makes sense to go with tree. And everyone yeah. has a great, everyone loves a big tree. <laughs> trees are so easy to put in that role because like, uh, their uh, rooted in the their roots can mm. cover so far, and you can just be like, "Well, this tree covers the whole world." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. like you can just say, it and everyone, "Oh, okay." Yeah, mm. and then you get a world serpent, and everything just covers everything. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so signs. Um. Very first line that she says, which probably captures her the best, is, mm-hmm. "I am sign, the light and the eyes of the spirit tree." I was lost in this glen when she loosened her grip. Um, her being um, Kuro, who's the big owl. Yeah. She cl- she because she yeah she actually the- grabs the whole light mm. source off the top of the tree. Yeah, and then yeah. so she splinters. So science splinters off that basically and gets dropped. Yeah. Um. So I was lost in this glen when she loosened her grip. I can guide you on your journey if you allow me to come. And. That's basically it. Yeah. Basically sums her up perfectly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, science childlike uh, gibberish omniscient voice uh, carries with it like a real sadness though. I think it reflects the forest, like the yeah. life that she is. Um, I thought, when I was looking at it back, I actually thought sign maybe sounded quite young as well. Hmm. Whereas the spirit tree was the, the ancient the ancient elder and sign uh, was, was a lot younger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, just when I was listening to a back sign, sounded almost as young as Ori to me. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, because real, because realistically, the um, sign, the light source that was on top of the spirit tree, might not have had its own mind before they were splintered off it, or, or something like that. So yeah. they might be sort of in it together. I don't know. Could be a part of the spirit tree's personality. Yeah. Certain part yeah. of it. Um. So, yeah, she's a bit of a moral compass. Um, even if there isn't much of a sense of misguided morality or anything in this game, like you just sort of... Um, sign just basically keeps Ori and yourself on track with how you should feel at certain points. Yeah. yeah. Even though the music, um, which we'll touch on later with the world, because the world, um, as we probably, or I certainly probably say for a few times, the world's probably the biggest character in this game. <laughs> Physically and, you know, figuratively. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a good example of this um, is that when you reach the full-on ruins, um, yep. which are frozen over, um, yep. and that's one of the last stages you go to, I think, the element of... It's a sec- It's the second element. It's the wind element. Okay, second yeah. element. Um, that's right, because you ascend the mount to get the last one, don't you? Yeah, Mount Horu. Horu, that's yeah. right. Um, so when you reach the full-on ruins to see it frozen over, uh, frozen Gumon... Um, which is a, a gangly-limbed species we'll touch on shortly when yep. we talk about Gumo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so and all of the incredible structures um, are destroyed um, in search like we see that they're destroyed in the search for this element of winds um, yeah Signed comments on the miraculous structures here, stating it is Gumon's, It is the Goomon's home. Uh, Sign then says, oh no. Uh, and suddenly the hope is drained from the scene as she points out uh, the frozen Goomon, um, which is the species, um, and points out that this is a place of hope and now it's become their grave. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so suddenly, after being pestered by a Goomon named Gumo for portions of the game, so almost the closest... Like a little side villain, like it was just an annoying little. Yeah, well, it's it's always uh it's always lingering just behind you. Yeah. So you know that at some point there'll be a confrontation. Yeah, and then yeah. it gets ahead in the uh, Ginzo tree and takes the al- the element from you and keeps running away with it. Yep. Um. So we've been pestered by this character Gumo, who is a Goomon, um, <laughs> and we're sort of you know so we obviously don't like him really at this point. Well, yeah. I don't know if we don't like him. We just don't trust him. We don't trust him. But by that point in the game, if you're talking about the ruins, Ori has already saved him um, yes. before the Ginzo tree one, at one point. So it's mm. like they, they have come come into contact, but we still don't know what his deal is. Yeah. But this helps us figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So um, so after you're getting to this point and we're seeing all this frozen species, even though, we, even though uh, Ori helping him helped us feel guided us back to feeling a bit better about him mm-hmm. now we're suddenly f- feeling really sorry for the guy yeah uh, because just like that um you know his entire species is now gone yeah um just frozen and it's sort of that's sort of where signs so important because she sort of makes that link of you know we can see we can see them frozen and we go oh you know that's unfortunate but then she paints the picture with her narration to say this was like such a nice place and now yeah and these people were the builders of everything mm. and now they're dead yeah and you just go oh my god why <laughs> did i why did i ever dislike this guy yeah um so um and you feel a little bit of remorse too because the spiritual called to ori like it all ties back to the start of the game where like the spiritual called to ori for help in that moment and Ori, and you, you just didn't understand at the time, and then you see the aftermath of what happened that you potentially could have stopped from happening. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand Gumo's uh, aspirations of following Ori, other than maybe because Gumo's out on his own now, and he sees Ori uh, these sort of light sources. Maybe he, as much as he's desperate or frustrated with them, maybe he is looking at them just for hope as well. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Gumo's out in the wild on his own as much as Ori was. Yeah. You know. You're right. Um, and it's a good... Yeah, and it's probably good to probably start talking about Gumo now in isolation about how we started because he was... Yeah, so he was a complete bastard to start with <laughs> when we were, when we first met him. He was just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, he's so disruptive when you're trying to restore the element of water to the Ginso tree. Yeah. Um, but... Then shortly after, you you save him for a boulder uh, a boulder that falls on him. Yeah, because he's run ahead or run off or something, and then you basically catch up and he's under a boulder. Yeah, and after so long of thinking, oh, we're gonna boss, we're gonna fight this dude and smash him. <laughs> Suddenly he's trapped, but then Ori comes up, releases him from the boulder, and he completely changes. Yeah, from there. Yeah, um, and um, 
Well, he sees that Ori is not a bad person. Mm. And I think uh, Gumo, like Kuro, who we haven't talked about yet, uh, are just similar to Ori in the beginning, are just a bit misguided. Mm. They're putting their... They're putting all their eggs in one basket in the wrong place. Yeah. Because they're... Because they've had loss and they don't get it. Mm. Yeah. But but Gumo... Uh, he, he he overhears Ori and Sign talking later in the game about their aspirations to save Nabel. Uh, and that changes his mind on them mm. completely. Mm-hmm. Which leads to an act he does later in the game. Don't know if you want to say it yet, but... Uh, he, he, he turns into someone of a hero, I'd say. Yeah, well, mm. well, we can talk, we can touch on that because, um, um, because he's not the deepest character to talk about. No, but this is but these three or four scenes just say so much about him. Um, so, well, he does the player uh so much justice. He does, yeah. Like he really brings like, <laughs> the the one thing he does in the game, his defining moment, is the one thing that you were wishing for from the very beginning. Exactly. <laughs> which is where anyone who was sad from the what we were talking about at the start of the game that's because uh, this is where it is all corrected because um, after seeing Ori and Sine restore the uh, frozen Goomon home yep. uh, the full on ruins yep. I don't know if they become do you reckon there was ever a time where they were just it was just the full on town uh, yeah potentially <laughs> when do things become ruins in games yeah I don't know like there's always a king of the ruins they're like Call it something else. <laughs> it's a bit sad. Uh, so after restoring these, uh, the at least ruins, it's not sewers. After restoring <laughs> Kumon home, um, um, after seeing Sign and Ori restore the home, out of respect, and basically that sort of newfound hope and everything. Yeah. Um, and realizing how much they're doing for the land, Gumon Gumo goes to Naru. And revives her. Yeah. Well, he he uses a uh, he uses like a treasure, mm. uh, sort of some sort of treasure box or something from his people to store some of the light from the spirit tree. Mm. And he takes the light to Naru and revives her oh. for Ori. And uh, yeah, what a hit! My my hero. There goes my hero. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't yeah? It's it, it just it's one of those things that you never, especially now because it's so cliche, you never want the obvious characters to be the ones that are revived. Yeah. Because you just don't want it to be a cheapy thing. No, if you're going to make a decision on this character, double down, back yourself in, just go go through with it. Mm. But thank God they revived Naru. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think that accounts for a character you only met for five minutes. No. Like, you never even really got to explore her um, uh, her character for, yeah, for more than five minutes. So, mm. thank God. Yeah, thank God. It's one of the best. It's one of the best scenes in the entire game. Oh yeah, yeah, so nice. Just, just a just complete relief. Oh, not not only for yourself but for Ori. Yeah, and how the hell? How do we feel so much about this game? <laughs> Isn't this crazy? Um, but I think I think Gumo. Before we, I'd like to talk about Naru in a little bit more depth um, after Gumo. But I think um, Gumo probably embodies the forest or the land of Nabel better than any character. Um, Cause he's drawn to the dark and really struggling yet. He's um, full of a kindness and hope that he, he had almost forgotten about, which um, as the, as the life is sat from the land, 
that you can see all the little you know monsters you fight like big toads toads and uh and what the other things rhinos those really annoying rhinos and the weird monkey things and the vultures like they're all just angry well yeah like yeah they're all just out to out to get you were they peaceful before yeah it's hard to know it is yeah um but yeah it's a really sweet character arc i think for um gumo something that's yeah really you know tip of the hat to him great absolutely great story arc but Mm -hmm. he um have a rum to him Oh, yes. Great idea. <laughs> we need more excuses. To, <laughs> yeah. um, but he actually saves Ori from Kuro at one point as well. Yeah. After that, and it's just like, he goes from a dick to abs- an absolute legend so yeah. quickly. Um, like, to be honest, he probably earns the MVP of the game, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Yep. If we were talking about doing, walking the walk. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the 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 acts that he did, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're talking just talking about Naru, and I think we'll have a. I reckon we'll go through a bit of a break after this. Yeah, after Naru. Yeah. Um, Naru is the most bloody caring, uh, motherly character in a game, maybe ever. Absolutely, the, the Care Bear. Because not only does Naru. Uh, give Ori the last food that she has while she's starving. She also protects Ori in front of the most menacing, gigantic, scary owl ever. Yeah. And like, you know, just the willingness to do anything for her child, essentially to her child. Uh, yeah. Just go to the edge of the earth for Ori. Mm. Really touching moments. It, yeah. Um, well, exactly. I, I noted that Naru is the caring mother bear to, to end all caring mother bears. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad we feel the same. Oh, what yeah. What are the chances that the, bear, the bloody nicest character, sweetest character ever, oh. we both felt the same. So yeah. that's what we're saying, guys. Play this damn game. Yeah. It's not often we disagree anyway. No, but <laughs> but we... But, you know, it's like everyone feels different things about different games, especially a game like this that's just so rich in emotion mm. that, you know, like for me, it's like talking about the second game, I played that. Um, you know, last year in second lockdown or whatever. Yep. And I wasn't feeling that flash. And then playing that, I might have elicited fifty percent more emotion uh, or connection with it than not necessarily yourself, but someone else might have playing it. They, like this year. Yeah. For example. So you never know what people are going to feel. But this oh. this game seemed to make us feel the same things. Yeah. Mm. I think uh, this game would make anyone feel uh, some pretty heavy emotion. But if you're in a if you're in a time in your life where you're feeling a bit vulnerable, this game's really gonna bring out the waterworks. Yeah. Yeah. Games can do that to you. Yeah. 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 I was feeling a, in a bit vulnerable state when I first played Celeste. Yeah, yeah. I remember and you yeah, I remember that. that just like changed my life for a week. Yeah. Yeah. I was I just couldn't take it at some points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. So yeah. The power of the power of great storytelling. Yeah. And I think when we do review those games, we should absolutely talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. No holds barred. <laughs> Maybe that's the day we have the whole bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get to the end of the bottle and then start doing it. We'll, <laughs> it will be a mess. <laughs> um, but so talking about uh, Naru and saying before, we don't get a heap of character development out of her, but we do halfway through. Uh, uh, Naru. Sorry, I don't know if I said Naru. That's what I meant. You did. I did. Cool. Yeah. Um, 
there is a part halfway through the game, right when the game might think that you're starting to forget about Nauru. Uh, yeah. Naive game. I'm never forgetting about Nauru. But anyway, <laughs> you get to this, um, you get to a point of the map called uh, Blackroot Burrows. And it's worth noting, guys, this is all 2D platform left and right, by the way. But like three-dimensional, sorry. Three-dimensional 2D platform. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's got like different, uh, a few different planes in the in the art style. There's foreground visuals, background visuals, and then there's yeah. the sort of middle plane where Ori is. Mm. Uh, damn spectacular, if I say so. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so... um. So when you get to this point of the um, this area called Blackroot Burrows and the Lost Grove as Ori, um, we learn plenty about Naru um, via a flashback of her early life, um, where she frolics with guardian spirits, which are like Ori. Yep. Um, so this pretty much explains why she cares so dearly for Ori. And these sort of extra bits that yeah, like the game might sort of think, oh, you need to stir him up and remind him about <laughs> Naru, and then you see Naru. As a little kid, um, you know, and her dad's like a massive Care Bear, <laughs> same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Nara's running around with these. Yeah. Yeah, with these other versions of Ori, and you're like, oh my God. No wonder she cared so much. Now she's, she was, because they played with her, made her feel like part of something. Yep. Nara's thing with Ori was like, I'm going to give back. Sort yeah. Of thing. It was just really sweet. Yeah, definitely. It had so much sweetness to it. I think there's no, uh, it, it's no surprise though that you forget, you could forget about Naru somewhat during the story because the her death is at the very start of the game and your only option is to just move forward. Mm. You, you like you just have to move on. Yeah. Because at that point you don't know that Naru will come back and, and all these things and, and because you get that sort of end goal of saving all the three elements, it's like, well, this is my focus now. Uh, so yeah, you, you just move on. But thankfully, it all comes, all comes back. Yeah, I know. It all comes back. Yeah. Mm. And well, you earn it. You actually earn it. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Because the game's not. Uh, it's not that easy either. No. Like some of the platforming's really difficult, and some of those, uh, sort of, uh, I, I wouldn't call them bosses. They're like the sort of chase uh, segments in the end of some of the more prominent areas. Mm. Like they're. It's really precise, tough platforming, really long as well. So, uh, you do earn uh, the fact that Naru comes back. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think uh, Boulder Dash stress from Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, yeah. That chasing after you, except three times as long. <laughs> three <laughs> times as long and about six hundred more thorns. Oh, everywhere <laughs> i died so many and times. lasers and whatever else oh, no. yeah jeez um well anyway i think uh seeing we've probably touched on naru enough yeah i'm sure you all get the picture yeah. about how how we feel about naru mm. uh but i reckon it's time for a break hear from this week's sponsor what do I, you just, I just want to quickly say sorry that i would love it if i had my own naru that tucked me into bed every night is that why you sleep with a pillow between your legs <laughs> Oh, see, he's not denying it. What do you know? The weird thing is, I sleep with a pillow between my legs to keep my hips straight, and you know it. Yeah, you got to keep that pelvis aligned. (laughs) God's sake. How about we go to the ad (laughs) to bring that into it? We'll be back shortly. (laughs) I can't believe it. We're back on the hallowed turf. I know. We get to watch a game in person. Can you believe it? Wait, there's a game on? Yes. Your crap team's playing my Mighty Tigers. What the bloody hell's wrong with you, Bill? You're acting all weird. Oh. Why are you drooling? Did you forget to bring your bib again? I'll tell you why. 
Bringing to you footy chicken burgers, the most surprisingly good meal you'll ever expect to find at a sports event. Oh, true. Complete with real chicken, oh. real coleslaw, oh. and heck, even real flavour. Mm. The footy chicken burger is the best bloody thing about going to the footy. What a time to be alive. Oh, boy, now you've got me starving. Well, let's hurry up and get in there before other people catch on. On second thought, the burgers are really bad. Definitely don't buy them. We want them all. That's how bad they are. Leave the jam donuts too. Thank you to Footy Chicken Burgers for that ad. Oh, yummy. How nice are they? So nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Kuro a little bit. I think Kuro is probably... We, talk, we talked Naru and Gumo up pretty big before, but I think Kuro... As, as the key supporting characters cast, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I feel... I feel the most for Kuro of all the characters, personally. The villain? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I fall for villains. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You're like a bad boy. <laughs> because, well, I, when I was watching the scene back this morning, I don't really know how to explain it, but Kuro had three little, like, sort of baby owls. Chicklets. And they perished. But is it because of the? It's because of the like cataclysmic event. But I don't really know exactly the right words to explain why they perish. So because there's, yeah, there's three little owls, and Kuro comes back to find them perished. Uh, is it just a storm? So more or less, I, I believe it's because. So the whole the whole reason that Kuro is a villain throughout the game, is because she blames. The spirit tree for killing her, her chicks. Yeah, because she's nested in the spirit tree. Yep. So the spirit, at some point or another, has a big light show. And like, yeah, I know what you mean. I can't remember the exact event, but it's basically where it super heats up. Yeah, because it almost looks like um, like waves of energy or, or something. Yeah, and I don't, tree. I don't know. If that's a replenishing the land thing. Yeah, but basically, because it's so hot. From all this energy coming from the tree, which she's nesting in, mm. the three chicks, yeah, are yeah. Um, destroyed. Yeah. So Kuro finds them, the chicks perished, and then because of that, storms over to the spirit tree and takes the um, spirit source from the top of the tree, mm. which basically is the happening of that. That is that's why everything happens. The catalyst for the game. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but again, it's like similar to Gumo, how he's acting out of frustration or you know he's he's just he doesn't know where he is because of what happened like he's lost all of his family Kuro's in a similar position where he's li she's literally lost her newborns and she's just acting out of anger and um yeah angst and and she's like a 20 foot owl huge mm. absolutely enormous yeah and um yeah because and she's a simple villain like a really straightforward yeah. simple villain just pops up you know, big looming dark wings that comes in to sort of do those sort of chase scenes every now and then. We've got to run away from her. Um, yeah, just big, scary and ugly. Yeah. Really cliche. But as we know from games now, normally the ugliest ones are the ones that they want you to feel the most for. Yeah, like Guma. In the story. Yeah. <laughs> He's just Guma's just a long legs and long arms on a... It uh, oh. looks like a Karibo from, <laughs> from Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just a ball of fluff with yeah. four arms coming out, four uh, legs. I think uh, Kuro, there's a really good scene where, where you're playing and you have to hide from Kuro. Um, 
and traverse a bit of platforming Kura's coming after you. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. It's after the ruins, I think. Yes. Yep. Um, and that's really intense because Kuro looks just like deathly. Yeah, so angry. Oh, and if you... Uh, if you go out of from behind cover for like one second, Kuro just swoops through and, and just destroys Ori. Yeah. Um, so Kuro's like intense. Yeah. At time, when she can be. Well, she's a she is a predator. I believe ours are predators, predator birds. But so, you know, naturally they're going to be a bit fierce. But as it becomes clear um, as we play the game that she's just trying to protect her final egg. Yeah. Uh, like her last surviving egg. You can't help but feel reluctant to uh, hurt her. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. Well, there's one point where you... Uh, I think it's to open up a path towards the ruins or, or, or something like that. You actually you actually do a massive downwards uh, drop onto her head. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you, like, basically break all these stones on the way down and you just go this massive drop straight on the top of her skull yeah. <laughs> and she go and she just like freaks out and smashes through this mountain and it opens up a, a way towards the next objective. Yeah. So uh yeah, you're kind of toying with her a bit at the same time. Yeah. You know, she's like just on patrol, being angry, and you just getting around her and bop her on the head and things like that. Yeah. Mm. Um But yeah, and and as angry as she is through the whole thing and you're trying to run away from her or she's chasing oh, you're not trying to chase her, because I don't know if she has no, you're just trying to run away from her. No, you're not trying to chase her. No, no. No. Um, but at the very end of the game, um, I think she takes sign again, but then drops sign yep. from you. Um, but well, she end- takes sign, but uh, well, she comes after Ori. But, uh, we'll touch on, on Mount Horu, but like essentially what you... You stop Mount Horu from... Uh, erupting mm. but at the final moment she takes sign away and knocks ori off the mountain uh but then as she's down uh, on top of ori basically to potentially kill ori because she's extremely mad that's when naru shows up mm. to uh to show to show kuro that she's a mother of ori and similar situation you know don't want right. to lose the child and and kuro realizes yeah, realizes what is actually going on, and then and then uh, Kuro grabs um, Scene and takes him back to the spirit tree. Yep, which um, finally gives you the respect that she probably deserves because she sacrifices herself in doing so. Yep, because once the spirit tree is reactivated, it just blasts her away. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, it's nice really to powerful. see. It's nice to see her put it back for sure, rather than you literally just going there and reactivating something. Yeah, sacrificing. It's a, it's a nice moment. Mm. Yeah, and I, yeah, she earns her respect back for sure. Mm. But but again, like she's just acting out of instinct because she lost her newborns. Yeah, so you can't really, I, you can't really hold anything against her, in my opinion. Like, of course, what she did at the start of the game really stuffed up the land for a time. It also killed all of the gummon. Mm. <laughs> So like that's somewhat on her would be on her conscience conscious if she knew, mm. but she's acting out of instinct the same way that Gumo was, the same way that Naru was giving Ori the final piece of food, you know, and then and then Naru protecting Ori from Kuro in that moment, just acting out of instinct for her child. So it's there's a lot of similar uh, similarities between the characters in a lot of ways. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, there is. And I think it's um, it, it's it's one of those very somber sort of finishes as well because we sort of think, again, you know, we want um, the game's not all misery. Like we've spoken quite a bit about, you know, obviously Naru dying at the start now. Um, Kuro, who's the villain, um, sacrificing herself. Mm. It's a, it's a very strange. It sort of very toes the line between a, a kid's game and kids would love this and an adult game yeah. as well. It's like one of those things like a, a Bug's Life where yeah. it's a kid's movie but it has adult jokes right throughout it. <laughs> yeah. And it's not jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's not all misery. Definitely not. It's, uh, I think one thing, <laughs> I'll just quickly say one thing, it probably ties into the art style a little bit, which we were going to talk about, but as far as the game not being misery, when you, when you, uh, re- restore the water element of the ginzo tree that lets all the water run through nabel again which makes all the water clean because all the water that run through there keeps the water clean and everything which means aura can swim again and when you finish that section you get dropped down i don't know which part of the world it is but you get dropped down into the most beautiful water scenery greenery of the whole uh whole game and it is the most pleasant uh, place oh, I... I think in gaming history oh yeah what's that called i should have made a note because that is that is peace personified in a game it's like amazing it's i went just, up this... i saw it this morning and i just i just stared at the screen for like 35 oh. seconds because the water goes back oh. into the into the background yeah because of the way shimmering. they do the visuals you can see yeah see the water go you can see half the screen you can see the underneath the water and then up top of the water for the yeah. top half and Green mossy trees, oh, um, lily pads everywhere. Incredible. It's incredible. And the music, just the oh. finishing touch on it. It's just yeah. like a chime. It's almost it? like a, um, it's almost like a, you know, you hear that like really beautiful uh, sort of light tones when you wake up in the morning or, or something. Like uh, you wake <laughs> up on, in like the hills or. Yeah, I know what you know I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, it's got that little hint it's of that. It's tranquil. Yeah, tranquil. Mm. That's definitely a good word for it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, yeah, the story itself has a bit of misery, (laughs) of course, like, but there's moments in between where you just can really respect the beauty of the game, what the artist did. So Mm. you you have highs and you have lows, but at the end of the day, it's just a beautiful game from all, from all points. It is. Mm. Um, And this is perfectly paired with the, um, probably the most beautiful soundtrack in any game I've ever played. Uh, Yeah. And probably we won't touch on the second one much because we'll go on a tangent. No, but that'll have its own episode. Don't worry about that. Coupled with the second game, probably the two best, most distinctive and beautiful soundtracks. Yeah. Um, and the spe- obviously the first the first game is our first experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even as soon as you open up that menu, and you see the spirit tree there, and you've got the obviously the you know start game whatever, and you have that beautiful like that woman's beautiful voice singing like. Yeah, just. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So good. It's awesome. I actually just come into my head just then. Can you record that so I can play that at night? To <laughs> yeah, sleep to your voice. <laughs> that was really good. Could be your alarm. Yeah, that'll what wake a way me up. to wake up. It'll wake me up. <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway, just look it up. Didn't do my vocal warm up. I didn't do my vocal warm up. Oh, that's why. Yeah. yeah, I see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was me half giving it a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to go full on on <laughs> Um But yeah, so speaking of Nabel, um, the colour and life in this land, um, even in the most desolate 
you know, dreary places, um, areas of the map, um, is simply breathtaking. Uh, Talking about this um, place we can't remember now, but this wetland. I know there's a um, place called Thornfelt Swamp. I think it might be Thornfelt Swamp. But I didn't know if the I didn't know is, if the water was in that area. This is post swamp. Yeah. This is uh after once we've cleared the swamp. It is Thornfelt Swamp though, because mm. that's where I was when I was um jumping around a couple of weeks ago on it. I think it, uh here with you actually. Oh, um, yeah, we were too. Yeah, but mm. the 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 charm of Nabaldus like keeps you going. Like it's um seriously like for if this is as beautiful as it is de- as it is in death. Like you start it when it's has no life in it, relatively no life. Like it's at its worst. Um, you want to be damn sure that you're there to see it restored. Yeah, which is another driving factor of the game. Um, <laughs> and talking about um the the view from the sunstone. Um, which is what I was thinking yeah, before. That's an amazing view. Which is essentially oh. this um this other mountain, but you're you're over looking over Mount Horror in the distance, which is vomiting lava. Yeah, it's essentially um, the very peak of uh, what you go through with the forlorn ruins. Yeah, because you find a feather of Kuro, and once you get all the wind going back through in the bell, which is where the, the wind comes from the ruins, hmm. uh, which is why it's all frozen over because the wind all gets cut off. Yeah, yeah. Um, you use the feather to start paragliding, uh, parasailing around the map and that, and you lift yourself all the way up to the top. And this is where this sunstone is. And uh, yeah, the view of Mount Horror from that top. So uh, it's honestly like a, it's like a painting. It's like You're... when we went to the Grand Canyon mm. and it literally just looked like a painting. So distant. It you didn't even look real. Is. Yeah. They have that exact same effect in that moment. Yeah. Awesome. And that's the thing. Speaking of like, yeah, talking about the Grand Canyon, mm. because it's so big and you don't, it actually, you think, Look, it's this ravine thing. Surely it can't go that far, but as far as you can see, it literally just keeps going, and it is like a painting. So with this, and and this is in oh um, man, the Grand Canyon. Yeah, no, I crazy. never think about that. Yeah. Sorry, we, don't, we shouldn't talk about the Grand Canyon, <laughs> but that was insane. Anyway, we'll save that analysis when we talk about the Grand Canyon. Yeah, we are Grand Canyon episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, but talk, yeah, being up on this mountain. Looking at uh, Mount Horu, it's like all above the clouds too. So you get the sun just bearing yeah. down on you. First time you probably s- you see the sun. Oh well, yeah, only time you see the direct sun. The sun is just beaming down on yeah. that spot. So beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think the um, the manufactured structures and landmarks throughout the game, you know, like built by the Goomon, for example. Yep. Um, they give it a really ancient feel, like uh, like this land you are trying to save has been at peace for so long. Um, then you've been here, um, except for the minute you get there, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I just really wanted to make sure, you know, I could get it back to that piece. Well, that's, you know, when you think about it, it's actually pretty incredible how nice it looks when it's meant to be so desolate. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah it's like it looks it looks so good then. It's like, yeah, what the hell did it look like before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's just like a big sanctuary, I find as well, mm. both figuratively and mentally. Yeah. That's where I find, like, you know, talk about playing it in 2020. I was just like in awe of this game. I I had a screenshot um from and it wasn't in Thorlorn uh, sorry Thornfelt Swamp, but it was this other part of the game um where we were actually you could see in the distance it was almost like that you know in Vietnam here you get those um those standing cliffs out in the water yeah yeah like really flat water um, yeah like you, you'd probably yeah Harlong Bay Harlong Bay yeah um it looks like that um with lily pads and everything but you get sun coming through and everything. Yeah, I can't remember the part of the game, but I had that as a screenshot, 
and had it on my desk. Oh, like your desktop my, I had, yeah, wallpaper or something. I had it on, as yeah. a desktop wallpaper because like work was getting so hectic last year and working from home, everything, I just looked at that thing. I was like, oh, look at that. It's so nice. Yeah, nice. And it just like gave me that <laughs> moment's respite Yeah, from whatever was going on. Like mm. it was just, um, yeah, it was just so good. I think one thing we haven't uh, brought up at all that we should just quickly, I just quickly want to say because of how beautiful they look and they really add to the environment is the ancestral trees you find throughout the game where yes. you learn new abilities. Yep. Those things are just like so beautiful and like they're... Little twisted sort of willow looking things, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. They have almost like little uh, sort of glowing roots on the outside of them or, or, or something like that. So, it's like they have life. You can see that they're something's running through them mm. i don't know how to exactly explain it but no, there is life it's life coming through them they're connected to the land like you can feel it feels alive because of the in more than just you know a tree existing yeah it, it actually represents something yeah but fi- yeah finding them is not only great for the new abilities you might learn but also the fact that you just get to st- stand there and look at this amazing scenery for a few minutes yeah yeah every time you see them it's just Looks awesome. And then when you actually source the power from it, so that's where you get your new abilities from. Mm. And already, yeah, it's the same as in the um, the travel points, whatever they're called. Um, they're like these yeah. little wells. You stand in them and Ori just spins around in this massive show of light and like almost stands there, um, arms outstretched like a bloody um, messiah or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. floating up in the air. It's just absorbed by all this light. It's so cool. <laughs> it looks so cool. Yeah. All um, the little details in this game are just so uh, so well done. Mm. There's just not one missed beat in the whole game. It's there, awesome. There isn't. There yeah. really isn't. Um, but we should, just, we should just quickly say too that with the art style and like, you know, we, we could probably do a whole episode just about the art if we really yeah. wanted to because yep. it just looks so incredible. But the art style is <clears throat> even more boosted by the soundtrack um yeah i I think the soundtrack is just incredible we did say that before but so serene yeah i think they just go so hand in hand with each other that it's actually overwhelming it is (laughs) is. yeah it's all um orchestrated too like it's Mm. and it's all um and i'm not sure on this the the vocal style but yeah like i said this the the lady singing in the um do you want to give it a go (laughs) <laughs> I had a cold last week. <laughs> I think I swallowed my squeaker. Oh, I hope that came through. <laughs> I don't feel so bad now. No, nah, I swallowed my squeaker. It's like I've got a bloody... Um, what's that? <laughs> what's the, the bloody instrument called? Are you like... Um, a harmon- uh, harmonica. A harmonica. Oh, that in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't warm up, okay? Shut up. No. Anyway, <laughs> the um, but I don't know what the see. It's almost like a slow yodel. That's <laughs> definitely not yodel. <laughs> a slow it's like yodel. Colning. Have you heard of colning before? It's how the Norwegian uh, ladies used to call in the in the um in their cattle when they'd be scattered across the the mountainsides. Okay. They should just go out and do this massive, like, really high pitched um singing. Yeah. <laughs> of just long notes. <laughs> singing long notes not actual words how about that that's, that's yeah. a good description similar to that I think have we got have we got anything else we want to touch on before we do our burning questions uh yeah 
let's hear them. All right. So Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to move us on before we got out of control with that whole yodeling uh, thing. <laughs> you look like you're about to burst. So. I was about to start yodeling. <laughs> um, oh, please do. Which I'm much better at than slow note singing. Can you actually yodel? Yodel. <laughs> okay. That's yes in yodel. Oh. Heim. Um, all right. So very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. So I just want to touch on... <laughs> So the characters and creatures throughout the, the game, we, we've got to give a bit of a nod to them because they are the life of yeah. the place. Yeah. Um, so pretty much almost every living thing in this game is out to get you. Not sure why because it's such a peaceful place, but they're all angry. We've deducted that. Yeah. We've deduced that. Mm. Um, but it's so hard to not be totally endeared by their fantastic and simplistic uh, design um, from the mini rhino things that just charge relentlessly mm. and you have to bounce on their heads to basically shatter their shells off them. and It's quite morbid to come to say Those like that. Those scare the shit out of me. Yeah, because I missed them. I got hit every time. Oh. Um, but to the, the belching toads that just spew goo endlessly. Yeah. And even the vultures that do the dive bombs on you. Yeah. All the time. There's and those, they're in the real dreary places. There's those like rock uh, formations in the air with the big... Um, the big energy oh. in the middle that shoot the beam sort of the things at you. Almost and, like sun cannons. Yeah. And then there's the um the the things that pop out of the ground when you're near them and then they shoot the goo at you. Yeah, and then you can use that goo to jump. Yeah. They look like, like everything in the world is as much as it wants to kill you, they all serve a purpose because you can basically beam off any living thing. To uh to or, jump. Yeah, or or uh learns an ability where you can uh, is it with uh, holding Y? It's called dash Y, yeah. Um, and you you basically bash actually bash, yeah. You basically hold it and it goes slow mo, so you can um turn an arrow which direction you want, and you beam. You can beam yourself up high, but you can also shoot the enemy at another enemy uh, the other direction. So you can be pretty um uh don't know. You can do well. Uh, I'm not yep. sure the right word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, strategic's the word. Strategic. I want. Oh, you yeah. can be pretty strategic sometimes with that. Yeah, yeah. But I just love the life and the color they exhibited. Yeah, Ex- exhibited. Well, actually, it's funny somehow, considering how colorful and vibrant the environments are, and there's so many layers to it—the foreground, the background. There's sometimes multiple in the center and whatever. Somehow, all of the enemies still find a way to uh, be seen and, and pop out on the screen. Hmm. Like, there's so much going on, and the enemies still find a way to, to be seen. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're, really de- they're really detailed and they're they really pop. They drew them well. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so, and just final note on the land before we get into wrapping up with the ending and burning questions, etc. Oh, yeah, the ending. Yeah, we're going to talk about the ending. Oh, it's a good God. place to finish. I nearly cut us off. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I find the most comforting aspect of this game is the narration of the spirit tree. You don't have to agree. It's alright. But the spirit tree um basically recalls it recalls all the events, not of just the game, as you ta- as he's telling the story of Ori, but also the story of the land from before you were there. Um so you can just because because the spirit tree is recalling what's happening, you can sort of assume that the light is going to be restored to the tree. Mm-hmm. Obviously, otherwise it wouldn't be there to narrate what happened. Um, but the way the tree's booming and foreign voice adds flavour and character to its land and the different regions throughout the battle sets the scene so quickly um, and effectively in a less is more 
kind of approach, similar to what we spoke about at the start, um, how I went through those lines that are sort of spread throughout the intro. Yeah. Um, so, for example, here's a, here's a Misty Woods, a quote from the Misty Woods. Philo da shore, leader water. Why are you laughing? In was la de feud. The haze of the misty woods deceived the minds of all. Those lost within were never found. See, if you had just spoken. Oh, thank you. Man, I want to clap you for that. Oh, like it was a positive laughter, like comedy. Yeah, yeah. No, That's like what it, I was going I, for. I was so overwhelmed that I laughed. <laughs> Sometimes I laugh when I just get overwhelmed. It was incredible. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope Moon Studios listen because you are the next spirit tree. Don't worry about that. I, I am. I'm very tree-like. <laughs> um, so uh, given that you generally just follow the beaten path before before you, like in most platformers, um, the spirit tree can really set the scene up uh, that you didn't really even know that you're in. Yeah. Such as when, still in the misty woods, he follows up shortly after with, deceived by the mist, they were lost in the woods. And suddenly you go, yeah. I actually really don't have any idea where I am. <laughs> and yeah, you sort of think... You're right. It makes it official because yeah. you sort of go along and you're like, oh, I can't really see. I'm sure I'll find a path. But then he says, they were lost. And you go, okay, I'm actually lost now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lost and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But do you have yeah? Do you have any thoughts on the spirit tree? Because I, I guess it's, just, it's, like a, it's like a Mufasa figure. Yeah, yeah. It definitely it definitely is. I think we've, we've covered the tree in bits and pieces over the uh podcast so far but i agree with you saying it's quite comforting voice i think personally if i had a if i would say something in the game's the most comforting i would probably say it's the music for me no you're right yeah um, yeah, yeah but the but yeah the spirit tree i i like i like how it's narrating what's happening as if it's telling a tale that's already happened mm. um yeah i just like the way that that's set up yeah, and it's that's not what, speaking directly to Ori in that moment. It's speaking to you because you're playing out something that's happened in the past, um, and I just think that's fun. Well, that's yeah, and like I was saying, it sort of that sort of indicates that you probably are going to make it to the end, because how else would the, well, of course, the tree be revived? Yeah, but, but yeah, that's yeah, it is. It's really it's it's a comfort in that way I found too, because you sort of know, okay, he's going to be he's should be okay. Yeah, <laughs> but mm. I, don't know, I I just really. I just have a thing liking um oh, that a bit hot that sip a bit hot for you was it <laughs> that, was a bit, uh, that sip went down the wrong hole has that warmed the cockles of your heart it has got got hot cockles just more, warm cockles. more more warm than when we were talking about Nehru yeah 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 your face is getting a bit red <laughs> you are warm cockled yeah the um but yeah moving on to the ending anyway what a bloody ending yeah. Look. The ending is awesome. Hmm. I just really, I mean, go through it. <laughs> anyway, it's a pretty tough uh, encounter with Kuro to start. Well, actually, to start, Mount Horu is basically the ending. So, it's just this one final area, like big sort of final dungeon. You got to go here and there and there, like all the way up and down. A lot of bit of backtracking. It's tough. I found it pretty hard. To, as in, playing it or emotionally? Oh, uh, no. Pl- uh, sorry. F- as far as Mount Horror goes, playing it. Yeah. It's uh, I can't separate emotion and doing in this game. 
<laughs> well, when, when I was in Mount Horror, I was completely focused. I was just focused on the task ahead. I wasn't thinking about anything else. It was literally just, this is the end goal, restoring the element in here because that Mount Horror... When, uh, when I was doing some reading about it, the, the element of warmth in the mountain, not only did it uh, control the temperature of Nabel, it also contained the mountain from erupting. Yeah. So basically, as the game's gone on, the mountain has become closer and closer to erupting, which I think there's little hints in the story as you go. Um, and be, uh, by the point you get there, it's basically going to explode. Mm. So you got to get up there as quickly as you can uh, to stop from that happening. And you do do that, but Kuru swoops in at the last second and kind of stuffs it all up. And that's a pretty intense final boss battle, that. Because you have to keep uh, bashing off all of the all of the energy and stuff that's dropped to keep... Because there's no floor. Yeah, you're you literally in the staying, sky. You have to stay airborne the whole yeah. time. And it's really intense. Yeah. That took me a lot of goes. Really? From memory, yeah. I think it... I th- from memory, I'm pretty sure I did it on my first try. I don't know how, because well, some of the other ones, like the Ginzo tree, it took me bloody probably 15 get runs or something. But I, the last boss I did on my first go. We have no room for winners here. Well. You get a participation ribbon like me. It's okay. No, I'm okay with that. Well, you shouldn't be. That's why you shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't be. <laughs> you should want that gold medal, son. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> a true dad. Yeah, mincing his words when he's trying to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, um, but yeah, it's a it, it is a super intense fight. Don't worry. Even if I, even if I'm right saying I did it in one go, I was like on the edge. Yeah, on the limit. I was right on the edge of the couch. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like in the ending, even after the after the boss battle, when things have all settled a bit, I think um, it's just really neat. Like so, we, we get. Like Naru returns the care, uh, returns to care for Ori, who's recovering yep. from the final battle. Yeah, yep. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Kuro uses sign to restore the light to the spirit tree, yep. which has obviously just happened. Yep. Um, saving her egg and the land in doing so, sacrificing herself, Yep. and the egg ends up hatching, leading into the sequel. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It, the egg cracks... It, uh, inside um, Naru's house. It's in the house already because yes. they take it in and it cracks and that's the end. You don't see what's inside. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, and the, the final... But it's like a little family now, you know? Yeah. You got And then, and they've all come from different places where they're all alone. Gumo as well? So it's, Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. really nice to see them all come together and make their own little family. All Naru, Gumo, um, Ori and the newborn, Al. You yeah. know, they all only have each other. Yeah, and Sign's the only one who's missing now. Yeah, so, but so, yeah, Sign's missing, but Sign has gone back to the spiritry, mm. and the land has restored to um, the peace that it was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, just, I think the finest touch um, in the in this finale is the actual final shot as the egg hatches, because um, so it's not the egg hatching, but that's the the nicest part is that beside it on the rock. Um, that originally had a painting of Ori, Naru, and and sign on it, and this is the rock that um, Naru was leaning against when she died. Yeah. Um, so it now features this um, painting. Now features Gumo and even Kuro, who's standing there with them. Does it really? Who, yeah. I don't who, think I even noticed that. Yeah, I, I noticed it um, as I um, went through the 
watch the ending. Wow, out the what a nice way. touch. Yeah, um, so having Kira there, it's like, you know, despite all of her villainy, um, she totally redeemed herself. And, well, that's... And, that's... Ev- and by saving everyone. And everybody acknowledges it, and it just shows what a great family they are. Like, what a crew. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I was saying earlier when we talked about Kura. Like, I don't even know what she did cause a lot of damage. I don't hold it against her. We And clearly, all the characters in the game also understand it was just a tough time for her. Absolutely. Yeah, she's just going through something extremely traumatic and didn't understand the damage she was doing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, could you imagine being in that position yourself? Yeah, of course. That's that's this whole game. Like you, mm. especially the start when you, um, when Naru uh, takes Ori in, it's like these are the things that you see that just relate so much to real life. Like you, yeah. you, you could see yourself doing these things or whatever, and then and then you you're just constantly putting yourself in the position of some of the characters. And you just think, what, what would I feel like yeah. if that happened to me? And it's always, it just burns. And this is these are things we forget to be empathetic to, to other people for as well. Yeah. And we get these games that make us feel it in about five minutes. Yeah. Mm. And you sort of think, no, I should probably do that more often. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually give empathy. <laughs> um, so. Anyway, burning question time? Burning question time. All right. Maybe I'll go first. That's fine. Do you want to go first? You won the gold medal. You can go first. Actually, you know what? I think you can go first if you like. I can't remember. It's been a few weeks, but I'm pretty sure in free, in the free-for-all, I just clearly cut you off. So if you want to go first. Yeah, I wasn't sure what episode that was. I was not going to mention the war. It was either in the Pokemon. Uh, Sharp Will is the burning free-for-all. question. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, get some. <laughs> <laughs> um, does this series, and you're so you're an avid platformer, more so than me, I've played. I'm a platformer. Is that like the gang, like the platformer gang? Yeah. We're, all, we're platformers. I think. I think so. <laughs> I can base a game on your physique. <laughs> <laughs> you platformer. Yeah. Cool. All right. Oh wait. <laughs> Question time. Question time. <laughs> This is one of those classic misunderstandings where I'm getting what the actual point was five minutes later. Um, does this series deserve to be acknowledged as a top five all-time platformer? Oh, top five all-time platformer. All-time. Oh, platformer. absolutely, absolutely. I thought I thought you were going to stop at top five all-time, and then <laughs> we were going to have a topic like uh, sorry, we we're going to have a deep talk about that. But you say top five platformer of all time. There's absolutely uh, no question. Absolutely no question. Yeah. Like, name, you know, name five better platforming series in, in Lifetime than this. Well, I can't name five better. Yeah. Like, I can, you know... What would your top five be? Oh, well, there's obviously, like, obviously, um, Super Mario is, you know, essentially the original. I mean, I'd say that probably Metroid is one of them. Like, Metroid and Castlevania... Um, Th- those two platformers have essentially created their own genre called Metroidvanias, which is what like what Hollow Knight and this- and Ori are. Yeah. Um. So they're obviously the peak. But then, as far as a platforming game series, uh, would you go? Would Would you class Legend of Zelda as a platformer? Not a two D platformer. There's There's no side scrolling. Not necessarily two D, but Crash is a three D platformer. Yeah, I guess I'm just talking about 2D platformers in Zelda's my mind. Like when I talk yeah. about Metro and Castlevania. Yeah. I don't, 
I know platformers is a is a, a whole genre in itself, but I think there's so many 2D platformers and 3D platformers now that they're just their own thing. Hmm. They have similar roots, but you know, like That's try com- try comparing um, Super Mario Odyssey to Ori in the Blind Forest. Like, where's the comparison? Like they're not the same thing. So, hmm. top five 2D platforming series are in the Ori 100. percent Yeah, 100. percent I agree. Yeah, but I'd say Castlevania, um, Metroid, Mario, and um, potentially Donkey Kong. Mm. Yeah, but this is probably there's probably the, something else out there that I'm forgetting that's um, unforgivable. But yeah, yeah, this is probably the supreme story, environment, gameplay, everything coupled. Absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. There's been, uh, I I'd say there's been no other 2D platformer game or series that's made me feel as as much emotion as these two games combined. Mm. Celeste is probably the only one that's really pulled my heartstrings uh, out of any 2D platformer. Yeah, but but a lot of 2D platformers it's the 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 soul of the game is the platforming and the level design which is absolutely okay. Like like Mario. Yeah, like Mario there's no there's no story at all. But the um the fact that this game could pull off such a narrative that is so emotional that literally could be a feature film probably. Mm. And then the ga- the platforming is so precise and fun to play consistently for for 20 25 hours uh, should be commended yep. in the gaming world forever. It's a bona fide 10 out of 10. Just the, <laughs> that's the kind of platformer you would be. You'd be a 10 man. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say. Don't know what to say. Just let me take this speech out of my pocket I prepared earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. My burning question. <clears throat> Seeing as Ori is an Xbox franchise and we have jumped ship to the PS5 this generation, what PlayStation character would you like to see feature in a game by Moon Studios with inspiration taken from Ori? As in a similar kind of game? like Yeah, like a, like a 2D platformer, <clears throat> similar kind of um, setup. Is there a ca- PlayStation character you'd like to see put in a similar um, type of game? Because... I, I wrote one, but you can go first because I steal it. Are you thinking platforming characters or anything? Any no, any PlayStation character doesn't matter. Just like all the PlayStation exclusive characters because Ori's an Xbox yep, yep, yep. franchise and we've moved to the PS5 for now. So, Okay. I reckon I've got maybe three. Oh, actually, I've got four because I actually reckon... <laughs> I have <the>, one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to... No, there'd be a definitive one, but... I might have to work this out by talking about it. This is how I deal with things. Yeah, yeah, we can t- we can talk about it. It's okay. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking, say Ratchet and Clank, for example, because color wise and everything, I think they'd get a they could get a really sweet uh, thing out of it. Are you also talking emotional weight as well, like in the sort of tone of the story? Uh, well, it can be. My pick is more about the platforming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Because uh, these games have the best platforming we've ever played. Let's mm. be honest, like two D platforming. Yeah. Uh, but it can carry the emotional weight as well. Okay. Yeah. I actually thought about Nathan Drake at one point. Yes. Well, that brings me to that as well. Because Ratchet and Clank, I think, for gameplay would be cool. You could get some really sweet gadgets and things to traverse, mm. sort of similar to how Ori does. Nathan Drake would be cool because if you're going to this sort of foresty look, he's a you know uh, archaeologist or adventurer. Yeah, Indiana Jones sort of dude. I think he would fit into this sort of world well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, just because it's cartoony. 
would be really cool. I think he'd fit in well as a side scroller. Yeah. And Kratos has got God of War because I think he would actually fit the story and environment better than the other three. Yeah. Well, they'd be able to tell a really rich, deep story rich, yeah. in his universe. So that's probably one I would like to see the most. Yeah. So I'd say I'd say that one because it would actually convert to the closer to the feel of Ori. Yeah. Well done for thinking of four on the spot. That's incredible. Oh, there's so many more. Yeah. If you Jack were, and Daxter? If you were an answer to a burning question, that's what you would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I picked uh, Spyro. I know Spyro's not 100% um, PlayStation right now, but as far as being a PlayStation character in the, mm. in the past, I picked Spyro just because... Uh, Maybe even more so in the sequel, the the uh, platforming and the gliding and the and the and up and down while you're jumping and and whatnot, the boosting up, it's so so good. Colors, and, yeah, and the colors, and I think Spyro would uh, lend to that so well. Yeah, that yeah. would be no, that's an obvious fifth for me. Yeah, I didn't even think that of. was the first yeah. one I thought of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's yeah. Because I because I don't know if there's ever been a Spyro two two D game two D platformer game. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Probably not. Well, I think the five we've... Um, oh, there, I think there was... Um, no, nah, there wasn't. They definitely didn't go to Game Boy. <laughs> no, it didn't go to Game no. Boy. <laughs> um, I'm just think, making it up. Yeah. But I think the um, those five we spoke about would fit it so well for five completely different reasons. For sure. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Very good. Great chat. Great yeah. question. Oh. I'm proud of you. You get another gold medal. Oh, thank you. When are you going to give me one? Two gold medals like Kurt Angle. Oh, yes. <laughs> what and, did you get two uh, for? I thought you only got one. It's true, mate. It's damn true. Oh, yeah. Nice. Righto. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Rum, rum review? Oh, rumble? Rumble. So this is the rumble where we wrap everything up yeah. at the end. Yeah. So I've got four points. You can agree or disagree, and then you can deliver your own if you've got all right. Mm. So, <laughs> so bar the sequel, this is the most beautiful game I had played up to that point. Yeah, yeah. This game made me feel things I never expected to feel playing a game. Oh, and, without a doubt. And I think eighty percent of it can be attributed to the soundtrack, emotionally feeling how you feel. That is as true of a statement as you could have ever said. Well, I'm gonna, let's. You're gonna get even truer. Oh, we're gonna get truer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I could not, but I could not rate this game more highly to anyone, young or old. I want everyone who's listening to this, even our damn parents. I yep. say damn with love. <laughs> They've got to play it, and they will not regret it. Nobody would regret it unless their heart's made of stone. Oh, you have to play it. You just, if you're listening, you just have to try at least just try it. Yeah. Especially if you have an Xbox, have any uh, of the Xbox One or Xbox new new series line or a PC, it's on Xbox Game Pass. Yes. If you have Game Pass, you can download it right now. Yeah. You just try. Oh, uh, sorry. If you have a Nintendo Switch, it's on the Switch as well. And that's a perfect game for a Switch, I reckon. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and yeah, basically. As a result, like you know, if you have a if you have a heart, it's not made of stone. You will find that this game is all heart and soul. Yeah, there is no, I don't find any brain connection to this game, except for relief. <laughs> <laughs> I find everything everything is in my gut and my heart. 
yeah. how I feel about this game. Yeah. It's a really special one. Yeah. Really special. Yeah, and like I think the only thing that's matched it for us is the sequel. I can't believe there's a sequel that actually outdid it. Yeah. <laughs> because this game is just incredible. Just yeah. incredible. And yeah. I just I think the only thing I want to say, because all the things Luke just said, I I pretty much agree with everything you said, um, except the first point you said, uh, I, I can't think of anything on top of my head, so I'd have to sit down and think about it. But I just I, I just want to say that the this game is uh, this game and the sequel is the best feeling to the platformer that I've ever played. Mm. Like the traversal, the movement of Ori is just so damn satisfying. It is just so fluid. Like if you, you know, we've finished both the games. We could find we could get so much fun out of just turning them on now for half an hour and literally just jumping around. It's so yeah. satisfying going to the swamp, just sitting in the water. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just such a once you finish the game, it's it's actually just such a peaceful place to go back to. Yeah, because all the you know, there's no real threat. Everything's restored. The life's back. Yeah, you can just run around and just see the water, the water falling, the winds blowing. Uh, it's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's like think of that one place that you want to visit in the world that's just so beautiful. We can do that every day on Ori. Yeah, in in a sense. Come to PS Five, please. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, as much as it would sting Xbox, I would really uh, like Moon Studios to make an ex- uh, exclusive game for PS Five. Hmm. That would kill it. You imagine that they would, yeah. Like it wouldn't be Ori, but I, tr- I trust them now. Absolutely. Yeah. So, please. Well, wouldn't we just love to be involved in making such a thing? Yeah. We'll just go talk to them. Hell yeah! Do yeah. it now. They'll hear this. <laughs> yeah. Of course they will. Yeah. Tag them. Tag them. <laughs> Tag them in the post. Oh, I oh, will. They'll listen. Oh, they will. <laughs> and if anyone knows anyone at Moon Studios, tell them Luke and will say hi. Yeah. And let us in. <laughs> um, right up. Well, that brings us to the end That's of this it. episode. It's been a pleasure to talk about Ori and the Blind Forest with you, William. Yep. I Thank think you for having me. Oh, anytime. Yeah. Here in your study. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I, um, any, um, I think it's, we've spoken about this game a lot, but we've never obviously dived into it to this extent, which is a lot of the reason why we do this, want to do this podcast because... Um, there's so much we want to say about so many things and this allows us to just focus on the game yeah um, that we want to speak about and it really just gives us an excuse to um, here's what I found on the web to just, ga- to just, <laughs> to just gush about games <laughs> I, somehow I uh, opened Google Assistant on my phone <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so this is the this will go down in history as the best wrap up we've done <laughs> yeah. should we do the rum review quickly before we absolutely finished? yeah of course of course so, Baron uh, Samedi so, Baron Samedi Baron Samedi S-A-M-E-D-I so, do you, a, so what do you know about this where did it come from I believe it's a very very old ship in San Diego <laughs> yeah so yeah. the uh, no it's from I think it's from Barbados could be wrong but it's from like it. all the best spice rums are I'm going to say it's it's a Caribbean rum, but it is actually from it is actually brewed and bottled there, distilled, okay. distilled and bottled there. Yeah, um, opposed to um, Sailor Jerry, that's brewed in Lawrenceburg. Yeah, in America, uh, wasn't it? Maybe Kentucky or something. Kentucky, like that. yeah, no, Virginia or Vi- some crap. Somewhere, Michigan. yeah. Anyway, something, something extremely underwhelming. Indianapolis. 
Indiana. <laughs> Indiana. That's it. Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. So um, nice. um, that was really nice, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it went down it really, smooth. really well. Really, really warmed the chest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think taste tasted great. Now I am looking forward to deviating away from the black spice a bit because yeah, we really yeah. love this stuff, but it's so nice that we actually really need to give the other more peasanty rums a go, don't we? Yeah, you might you might hear us uh, choking a bit more coming forward. Yeah, going and if we forward. have bun- when we when we get to Bundy, <laughs> we might have a few punch ons, but that's all right. That's part of the Bundy life. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll do like a boxing game that week, like fight night round two. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> round two. Yeah, um, but- everyone knows round two was the peak, not round one. Jeez, well, you didn't know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know everything. Uh, so, but Baron Samedi, Black Spice Rum, I give it a sip it rating. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. Sip it for me as well. Super cool. Mix it if you want it, if you want to, but it, we recommend Sorry, it. where do you get this? You can get this at any. It's just at like, just a good retail. Just at the bottle. Yeah. Yep. So, all, all bottle yeah. It comes on special as well. Um, it comes on a really nice special. So, a lot of them are mid 50 to 60. This sits about mid 50, but they tend to take. Tends to come on sale for low forties. That's awesome. Special every few weeks. Oh, yeah. low forties for that's great. It is. That's yeah, it's, for like a big bottle. It is a great. Um, Very nice. Yeah, that's actually a great deal. So I'd like to uh, try it uh, mixed as well. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Yeah, we we certainly want to um, we we certainly want to give some you know some nice dry gingers a a run. Yeah. But we really need to to understand the quality. We need to have it straight first. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But you can certainly mix it. So that's my rating. Right. Sip it. Yep. Sip it. Thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, next week. I hope you all play Ori. Go yeah. play Ori. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you didn't listen last week, we spoke about our, we had our free for all first one. We free for all. We just spoke about whatever. Whatever spoke. we wanted. Yeah. We just spoke about whatever. whatever. We talked about Godzilla vs Kong for like forty-five minutes. If you want to hear us talk about that. Yeah, that's riveting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, um, next week we've got the. Crash, Insane, and Original Trilogies we're going to break down to chat about. Yeah. That'll one be of, fun. One of my, my first game, as we've spoken about. Yeah. So, thanks for tuning in, and we'll thanks see you guys. Then. See you guys.